as we wrap up 2021 and start looking ahead to 2022, you know, a lot of us are using this time to reflect and to think about the past and what we want for our future. Some of us will set goals. Some of us will set resolutions. Some of us will think and ponder a bit. Now, sometimes when we get to midlife, we discover that the life we've created isn't the life we feel destined to live. You know, some of us just gut it out, counting the days until retirement, when we can then take on the life that we want. Some make the leap, and others are pushed. James Burbage was very successful in his career, but he found it didn't bring him joy or happiness. He had always wanted a different path, but the way he describes it, he might have never made a change if life hadn't forced his hand. In a short period of time, his successful business collapsed and his 20-year marriage ended. Unwilling to die with unrealized dreams and goals, those setbacks gave him the courage to set his sights on a different life path. Now get ready, because James is redefining what's possible in his life and wants to inspire you to create the life that you've been wanting. In this episode, we talk about mindset, failure, persistence, refusing to lose, and outworking and out-hustling everything between you and your dreams. Are you ready to play bigger? Let's get started. All right, so today's guest is James Burbage. And so James, tell us a little bit about yourself. People who follow you on Instagram know that you're you're an actor, model, bodybuilder, inspirer. I don't know if that's the right word, motivator maybe. But you know, how do you describe yourself to people? It's, it's an interesting question. I get that a lot. Even in business, I've had people say at a very high level, James, it's interesting when I go to describe you, it's kind of hard to put you into a box in a category because you're kind of left brain, right brain. You know, I have this business acumen, but I have this, you know, creative side. So, I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't like to define myself. You know, I like to continue to grow and, and find new things that are challenges. And anytime something challenges me or someone says that I can't do something, you know, I, I, I grow because that's, that's all I need is for someone to tell me I can't, that, I, that it can't be done. I grew up with my father who was a coach and he was very influential and in like the lessons he taught me, be persistent, be consistent. You know, it's not what you do when you're on top. It's when you get knocked on your butt that matters. You know, that's what defines your character. And these little little nuggets, little gems that he, he shared with me. And, you know, I, I took them into business. That made me really successful. I started out as a cold caller. You know, I, I was recruited by, you know, two guys that I had BMX, BMX, uh, racing BMX with. They were like five or six years older than me. And I bumped into them at Christmas time. They said, hey, James, why don't you come to South Florida and sell commodities? And I was like, commodities? I can't even spell it. And I, really? And they're like, look, you just got to pass this exam. And I hadn't been the best student, honestly, at, at studying. You know, it just, I was naturally, my, my, my teacher would always say, he's really gifted if he would just apply himself. You know, back then I didn't have the work ethic. I just, you know, typical teenager. And I was the youngest of six kids. My, my dad was kind of gone and out of the picture until later in life, uh, until my 20s. He left when I was nine. So I kind of ran wild, the youngest of six. I had five older sisters. Mom was working at the post office, just trying to keep the lights on. So I didn't have a lot of guidance in, in those years, but I played sports, you know, and so my dad would come around for the sports and, you know, I got these lessons that were later applicable in, in business and, and, and bodybuilding now and acting and, and modeling. It's the same thing. It's the same mindset. And that's what's really important is that if you believe it, you can achieve it. And most people would say that I got to see it to believe it. Right. And it's actually the opposite. You know, Les Brown says it a lot. I got to believe it here and then I'll see it in reality, you know, and it's, it's really manifestation. And I've become really good at manifestation. I, I think the first time I came across it, 
you know, I got into commodities. I had to take, take this exam like 12 times. I passed it. I was, you know, I just, I didn't know if I had a learning disability. I actually had the, 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 the tutor tell me, James, you have a learning disability, you know, but, but I just had an untrained mind at the time. You know, I, I hadn't really done a lot of studying and I just looked at this as like, God, this is, and they were like, well, it's as hard as like the New York state bar, you know, the, the series three commodity exam, you know, to trade futures and options on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, Chicago Board of Trade, you know, really high level stuff, really stressful as well. And uh, so I started out as a cold caller. I finally passed the test, uh, but I didn't pass the test the first time with the guys down in South Florida. I took it enough times where I was so embarrassed, I couldn't go back into the office and show my face again. And I packed up my truck and my dog and I drove back to Maryland after nine months of running out of money and a girlfriend dumping me and just everything that could go wrong. So I ended up back in Maryland and uh, winter was setting in and I went to Washington, D.C. And I met a girl and she's like, well, what were you trying to do in Florida? I was, like, well, I was trying to be a commodity broker, but I couldn't get through the exam. She's like, why don't you try one more time? So I did. And the rest was history. Uh, I ended up getting through the exam. And then the guys down in Florida were like, well, come on back down. So I'm down to South Florida. Fast forwarding, I, I really didn't even, I wasn't successful with them, but I knew that I wanted to be successful. So I had been in the business like two or three years and still wasn't making money. You know, and I was like, There's, this isn't why I got into the business. So I put my resume on Career Builder and I, I got a phone call and I walked into a room and it was three generations of guys from like Long Island, Manhattan. They had sold everything from rare gems, swampland in Florida. They grandfathered into the commodity business. These guys could sell ice to Eskimos. So I realized like great people, great salespeople aren't, aren't born, they're trained. So I got this training and, and I said, like the brokerage business didn't only teach me how to overcome objections, but it taught me how to be a man. It taught me that in life, we always have obstacles. We're always going to have problems. But the first thing we do is we isolate that problem. What is it? Okay. We identify what the problem is, what the hurdle is, and then we throw ammo at it, just like an objection in sales. What's the ammo? How are we going to solve it? And once the ammo is there, you've overcome it. If you've overcome with ammo, and then you close the problem or the objection and you move on in life. And that's you know, pretty much what I've done. And I did that for 18 years effectively. I climbed up from being a cold caller to a closer, to a floor manager, to eventually owning my own commodity firm. And then in 2008, the, uh, everything went online. So we weren't gonna be able to make money anymore. I mean, that's really what it was, the clearing firms. So I was looking for another product that was unregulated. It was difficult to get guys through the exam. Guys that could sell, couldn't pass a test. Guys that passed a test, couldn't sell. <laughs> it was just, you know, the guys would come through. So it was usually a good indicator the more times that someone took the test, the more successful they're going to be because that was a true measure of their desire to be successful. The guys that came through and passed the test right away, they didn't respect it. And they usually fizzled. They, were, they, they had a, a paralysis by analysis. They overanalyzed the situation and the opportunity was the same for everybody to walk through the door, but they, they couldn't get out of their own way, you know, rather than don't think, just do kind of, you know, process. And, you know, that, that has served me well going forward. I got into being a middleman between like 200 phone rooms and across the United States, I worked my way up and then Dodd-Frank came about, you know, I, I pretty much was retired before I was 38 years old. I had left South Florida. I had moved to Santa Monica with my three children at the time, my wife, we moved to ninth in Montana and I thought I was pretty cool. You know, I thought I had played all my cards, right. And, uh, and then the perfect storm, I had sold my retail company, the people I sold my company to. They, they whipped clients around. They got me named in lawsuits. And the one thing that I had in business was a good name. My, my, my mother always said, there's nothing better than a, a good name. It's as good as gold, no pun intended. And you know I, I, I did that. And so that, that really hurt. And I, I kind of 
started to suffer from you know the lawsuits and the stress of all that. And I really never really enjoyed the business. I enjoyed the creative process of writing scripts and the marketing and, and, and selling. I just happened to be really good at it, but it just, it just, I, I felt something inside, like I really needed to do something else. And I probably would have never had the courage of life didn't force my hand. There was a new regulation that came out with the Dodd-Frank Wall Street reform. So my business went away. So I went from being semi-retired to starting over and literally losing everything. And I just didn't know what I was going to do. And, you know, at this time I'm, I'm in my forties, you know, I'm in my, I'm now 40 years old, 41, 42 years old. So I know that I wanted to be in entertainment. I just didn't know how I was going to approach it. Uh, I knew that I could be a writer, if nothing else. I thought I had aged out, honestly, of, of pursuing an acting career in my mind. But I thought I could still use my, my business acumen and my skills to be a part of entertainment somehow, some way, and be creative and, and, and get involved with that. So I got here. And as soon as I got here, perfect storm. I had to backpedal to South Florida. And I had to resort back to you know working in an executive suite, going from CEO back to salesman. You know, picking up a script, hello, my name is once again, uh, starting from scratch, scratch and clawing. And I did that. And then, you know, I, I got married young. And then when all this stress came about from losing, you know, my financial livelihood, lawsuits and all of that, put a lot of stress on my family. I ended up getting divorced after 20 years. That hurt me. You know, I, it knocked me on my butt. You know, I love my wife. I love, you know, my family was my biggest success. So, you know, I figured, hey, I've lost everything else, but I still have my family. So, you know, losing losing my my you know my consistency i had to learn how to live again you know what am i going to do so that gave me the courage to say hey you know here's your your chance to really pursue what you wanted to do and 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 really go after it and the difference between you and everybody else is i used to dial the phone three or four hundred times a day so fortitude i know that it takes time and pressure to turn coals and to coal into diamonds and if you have that mindset that there's no instant gratification, but if you keep your eye on the prize and you're willing to work for it, no matter what industry it's in, whether it's writing a book, whether it's making a movie, whether it's winning a, a, a men's classic physique contest, whether it's learning how to surf, no matter what it is, you can't expect to walk into anything and be successful, right? It has to be the mindset that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you're willing to put in the time and be a weeble wobble and get knocked back, remember the weeble wobbles when we were growing up? You know, you punch them side to side and back and forth. I used to call myself a weeble wobble because my mind says, I'm going to get bumped around. Life's going to hit me. I'm going to have problems. We all got problems. We got a backpack. But, you know, from, you know, the time that I start performing in the day, whatever I'm doing until the end of the day, I can take that backpack off and I can sit at the front door. You know, a mentor told me that. He's like, you want to schlep it around all day long and, and talk about your problems? That's, you know, that's all you're ever going to do is talk about your problems. But if you want to draw a line in the sand and leave your problems at the front door and take your backpack off and come in here with a clear mind, you can accomplish anything that you want to with the right mindset. So Jim, so let's, let's go back a little bit. Cause I mean, that's quite a journey. And I know we haven't quite gotten to, to present day here, but you know, you've mentioned, so you've gone from CEO to basically floor guy again, you know, cold calling yeah. again, gone from sound like very comfortable living to uh, less comfortable living gone yeah. from, you know, happily married family guy to uh, not. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a bad year in the life of, of a person. Any one of those, you throw all those in, in a fairly short period of time. When you were there in that moment, James, like, man, how, how did you get out of bed or what, what was, what kept you going in that moment when life just punched you like three times in a row there? I, my father's voice 
you know, my just these these lessons. It, it doesn't matter what you do when you're on top. It's when you get knocked on your ass that matters. You know, it defines your character. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. You lose. Okay, you don't win every game. But what did you what did you learn by losing? What was the what were the lessons? Okay. And how can we avoid those lessons next time? What, what was your part in all of it? And it was a lot of it just unfair. Yeah, sure it was. Life's unfair. You know, you, you've heard a lot of speeches commencement speeches from Bill Gates, you know, all kinds of interesting people. And they, they say the same thing, you know, life can be really, really unfair. But, you know, if you don't want to do something in life, any old excuse will do. That's my dad will say. But if you want to be successful, you'll find a way. You'll always find, there's always a way. You just got to, you got to believe that if you just chip and putt every day. And on those days, I mean, there were days that I didn't want to get out of bed, honestly. You know, there, there, there's a lot of those days. But the biggest thing that helped me bounce back, honestly, was, training my body that strengthened my mind because I started to feel good about myself again. You know, I, I got back in, I got back in the gym and I had gotten out of shape and I had gotten overweight because I was drinking too much beer. I was self-medicating with alcohol to deal with the stress, you know, all the typical stuff I was overeating, you know, just compulsive behavior just to try to like get away from the way I was feeling, you know, I was just trying to get away from it. And, uh, then I just looked at myself in the mirror one day and I was like, you become a mere shadow of your former self. You know, there, there's got to be something more. And then even when I had all the cash and prizes, it was like postpartum. I was like, now what? This is success. You know, this, you know, I feel very unfulfilled because I have money, but I don't have joy. You know, I, I don't feel like this is my life that I was destined to live. And that caused a lot of anxiety and depression because I felt like I was just on the, in the wrong lane. And I kept hanging on to that lane and, you know, and, and didn't want to let go because I had been so successful in that, that it was like a security blanket, you know, like I can make money there. But I was like, hey, James, you already figured out it's not all about money. It's about fulfillment. It's about giving back. and It's about helping others. And, and I did a lot of that with my business and when I was building my business. And so when I lost my, my business and I lost my, my income and my livelihood, it hurt because nobody helped me. Nobody was there. And I had paid people's rent. I had, you know, gone out of my way to just, just to be, you know, the kind of person that I'd like to work for. And uh, so that taught me a lot of life lessons that no one's going to come and save you. You got to save yourself. You know, it doesn't matter how good you've been to people. You know, if life knocks you down, you're responsible for you. You got to pick yourself up. You got to dust yourself off and you got to get a blueprint. You got to put pen to pad. How do I get out of here? You know, is the door locked? Can I get out the window? I got to get out of here somehow. And I started to fill my mind with positive, positive, you know, every, every morning, motivational videos, you know, a gratitude list, because I got to remember to stay grateful for what I do have, you know, the, the God-given skills, you know, the, 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 the heart, you know, that I have, my, my brain, you know, God has blessed me with, with intelligence. So rather than look at everything that was wrong, I took inventory of what I have and, and, and all the skill sets that life had given me. I'm like, well, where can I apply them where it's, people think it's really hard to be successful? I'm like, well, it can't be much, anything much harder than dialing the phone 400 times a day to, to get a client. You know, so I was like, well, you know, acting, that's what you really wanted to do. And, you know, before you eventually got into this, you wanted to be an, an actor. And, you know, I, I put together this whole business and I was going to get back into financial services and I had the company together and I put it on the shelf. And my father died last November, another no, two Novembers ago now. And it just, you know, he was the only one I, I really had. He, he believed in me. My, you know, he came to work for me in commodities. He was my biggest cheerleader, you know, and he was my support system. So when I, when I lost him, my, my mortality set in, you know, I, I realized that 
I'm going to die. <laughs> and I've lived half my life already, God willing, hopefully, I get to live the second half, you know, as much time. And it, 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 it hit me in the heart. And I was like, there's so much unleft talent inside of me. There's so much, left, you know, so much more to give that, that I haven't contributed. And there's so much more to give back, you know, and, and not so much me, me, me. But, you know, I have found in life by helping others get what they want, you tend to get what you want in return. It's the most amazing thing. But if you approach things with the I self me mentality, you typically people see that and they don't want to play with someone that's just out for themselves. And, you know, it's my dad. I get it from my dad, too. Hitchhikers at the bottom of the bridge. There was a guy that everybody used to call a drunkard, but my dad would pick him up and take him to the flea market and put him to work. I think Bill's a good guy. He's got a problem, you know, and he was always like that, you know, and after basketball um, practice, all the boys didn't have a ride home. You know, he would take that extra hour and a half to drop each guy, each boy at their house and just be of service, you know, and, and kind of give back. And, and I saw the joy that that gave him. So when he, he passed, I decided in my mind that I was going to finish everything that I decided in my life that I ever wanted to do and that I was not going to let anything stop me. And I had been through so much, so much pain and so much hurt that and I, it, it probably the majority of the people that I know, they're like, I don't know how you made it through everything you made through. You made it through. It's admirable. And I said, well, you know, when life hands you, you know, <laughs> a, a bad hand, you know, you got two choices. You can give up or you can dig in. And I was taught to dig in. And so I, 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 I just removed all the things, bad habits, stinking thinking. And I locked myself in a room pretty much from like four in the morning until and just got my blueprint. I did that for six or seven months. And when I came out of that, out of that room, that little office that I had locked myself into, I had, I had a blueprint of where I wanted to go, exactly where I wanted to go and how I was going to get there. And the first thing was I was my, my dad gave me Arnold Schwarzenegger's bodybuilding book when he was like, when I was 12 years old and we should go to the gym. That was our quality time. So my dad died during COVID and nobody even went to his funeral. So he didn't get any respect and uh, real no tribute. So I decided I was going to honor his life, you know, getting into this, this fitness competition. We loved Arnold. We loved you know, the action movies in the 80s. That was our quality time. You know, we watched Rocky, you know, all the action movies, anything, you know, anything to do with Schwarzenegger or like Van Damme, you know, any of the big action movies. We were even to wrestling. We should go to like wrestling. The fake wrestling that everyone knows is fake, but that was like our thing. And movies, you know, we went to movies on Fridays or Saturday nights when he would come and pick me up. That was our quality time. So I always associated that with happiness, you know, like deep down that that was something that made me feel good. So I I, I just said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I, I, I picked a show. I didn't really know what show I was picking because I didn't really know much about competing in men's classic physique. And I just happened to pick California State Championships. And I went, I showed up and I had no coach, but I, I weighed my food. I had done enough research and using my brain in, in commodities and in financial services that I, I knew how to do the research to figure something out. You know, there's so much free content nowadays. I mean, YouTube, I mean, anything you want to learn is, is basically on, on YouTube. So you don't have to go to college and spend all the information we need is at our fingertips nowadays. You know, it's, it, it's accessible. So I started pulling up information on, a, you know, I need a food scale and all these things. And and it just came together and I went and before I went, I said, well, you know, look, now you're in shape. Maybe now is a good time to pursue that acting career. So I, I, I reached out to some contacts that I had from financial services. I said, do you know a real photographer, somebody that could, you know, 
maybe pack a punch if they did my photos. My friend hooked me up with one of the most famous international celebrity photographers in the world. We hit it off and he, he did my photos. My photos got out. I got scouted. I got picked up by an agent. I just I was in a commercial. I played Jack Krauser from Resident Evil, the video game, 20-year-old iconic video game. Mind-blowing. That was my first gig. You know, people work their whole life. But I use my business acumen and my follow-up and the same skill set was applicable here because most actors, they don't understand to get after. You know, they want to go and they deal with rejection. I dealt with rejection all day long. No was what I heard the majority of the time in my life. But I know that every every no was one step closer to a yes. So you have to be callous to no in life, you know. And failure is good because if you're not failing, you're not growing. It means you're not trying. It means you're playing scared money. And scared money never made money. You know, you're not out there. You're not risking anything. So you got to stick your neck out. And you can't, you can't be afraid to be laughed at. I'm curious, how do you differentiate between unfounded and useful criticism? Like, you know, when you're dealing with rejection, you got to be thick skinned and yet some of it is helpful and some of it will just beat you down and crush you. How do you differentiate to use it to your advantage? Well, I, I, I always take the source. Okay. What does this person accomplish that's, that's giving me negative stuff? And if it has zero value because they've done nothing, they've risked nothing, and they're just, you know, someone that, you know, it's the peanut gallery that likes to sit back and kind of poke and make fun. You know, that, it doesn't really, that's like water off a duck's back, you know? And that's what I tell people, like when I was in sales, you had to kind of get callous to, to negative people. And then, you know, the constructive criticism, you know, the day that I stop learning is the, the day that I need to hang it up, you know? So I, I need to, you need to be open because the only way I'm going to grow is if you're coachable. And that's the first thing that I need to find out when I'm working with people now, you know, I'm going to be like working with other talent because I'm getting not only am I going to be an actor, but I'm going to help develop other actors because that's what I'm really good at is mentoring. So I'm going to help them with their photos, getting agents, their career management, because I know I might not be working all the time and it could be difficult to sustain myself on an income of one. So what do I know how to do from sales? Build a downline. <laughs> so I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do the same thing uh, in, in entertainment, but I'm having fun. You know, in my soul, my heart feels good because I'm 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 pursuing my my passion and and I just never felt that way before in my previous career. You know, I had everything and everybody's like, why are you unhappy? Because it was not fulfilling. It wasn't my it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And everything internally, my internal compass was screaming outwards. But the rest of the world was like, you have this and you have that. These are all the things that people judge success. You're successful because you have money. Money doesn't make you successful. If you're happy, you're successful. That's what I, I, I deem as a successful person. Someone that's happy, whether they live in a 400 square foot space and they're a minimalist and they have a very simple life, if they're happy and they're being of service and giving back and they're not a taker, that's a successful person to me. You don't have to have a Porsche or a Rolex or anything for, because you know all of that is superficial and you take that all away and then you see what you're really dealing with, you know, the human being, you know, and, and what's, what, What's behind those eyes? You know, what's between those ears? And, you know, typically the people that get it, they get it because they're like you, you know, and I know that I'm not for everyone, you know, but, you know, mentors say, you know, love me or hate me, I'm going to leave an impression, you know, and that's the most important thing. And you can't be worried about being hated. You just got to be worried about leaving the impression because the worst thing you can be in life is forgettable. And he said, if you're not standing on the desk, you know, pitching like, naked with the whole room laughing at you, then you're not trying hard enough, you know? So don't be afraid to get laughed at. Don't be afraid to go against the grain because that's it. You know, we're all so like concerned about what everyone else thinks that that 
paralyzes us from like, like accomplishing our dreams and, and sticking our butt out to get spanked or sticking our neck out to get chopped off. And that's what it takes. It takes like, you got to put it on the line and say, laugh at me, make fun of me. You know, think about, you know, all the celebrities and how they get trolled and all this stuff like that. You just got to turn it off because those voices don't matter. The only voice that matters is this one, the one that's talking to you, your voice. You know, I can. So when I get up in the morning right now, you know, not to procrastinate on anything, I say, do it now, do it now 50 times. When I go to bed at night, before I go to sleep, I say, do it now, do it now, do it now 50 times. And it's just these, you know, like how you people can negatively talk themselves out of doing things. You can change that tape, take it out, put a new one in and, you know, new, new, because, you know, I had been through so much when I was young that I, I had become half empty. But I, you know, being in the, the, the brokerage business, reprogramming for my mentors to be, I can, I will. Everything can be overcome. We just got to figure out what the solution is. There, there's, there's usually an answer. You know, if you believe you can find an answer or you can freak out and say, oh, you know, the, the house is burning down. You know, nothing's working out. Nothing ever works out for me. Oh, poor me. Why me? You know, life's unfair. Or you can say, hey, you know, life is unfair, but, you know, I'm going to have a positive attitude no matter what happens to me. And I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond. Okay. And sometimes I'm not even going to respond. I might sit with it a little bit and then really figure out what, what the next move is because not everything needs a response right away, you know? And sometimes that first response is the wrong one. So if you can kind of sit with, you know, what's your next move, it'll come to you if you can get really quiet. And those are two really big things that have really changed my life. Meditation and breath work. I struggled with anxiety and depression. I struggled when I was young. I had a social anxiety that would set in and it was crazy because I, I was class president. I was voted like most popular when I was in eighth grade. You know, something that from the outside people would never know, but I was struggling internally with anxiety, with anxiety and depression. I mean, I would literally not be able to go to bed some days and I mean, I go to school some days. I, I just, I couldn't face people. I would go to a store and for someone that everyone viewed as such an extrovert, you know, it, it was painful. And, and it was my dirty little secret. I, I didn't want to tell people that like, Hey, I, I sometimes I'm so fearful that I can't even walk in a store, you know? So I, I stuffed that for a really, really long time. And so I found the tools. And now that I've learned to get quiet at this age, you know, and I think when we were younger men too, we're so like, you know, we're so just, you know, go, 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 go. You know, and we, we kind of tap it as we get a little older and we get some life experience and we get a little quieter and, you know, we kind of block out the noise and we start to listen to ourselves a little bit more. And as we're, you know, in our twenties and we're thirties, we're so eager to please everyone else, you know? And then as we get into our midlife, into our forties and our fifties, we realize that, you know, all those people we were trying to please and we thought were, you know, paying attention to us. They weren't ever even looking at us. <laughs> they weren't really even concerned with what we were doing. You know, that was our self-absorption. So when I, when I, the biggest thing that was the most fulfilling thing for me when I would train guys in the commodity business and other financial services products, it was never the money. It was the personal development of a man or a woman that came through the door with no money, no car, they're catching a ride. And then six to 12 months after me working with them, they had a car, they had a house, they had a life, they believed in themselves. And the same things that were taught to me, you know, they, nothing's original. All I did was put my own spin on it, you know, from, from generations before me. And I always say success leaves a, a, a trail, a popcorn trail, follow the clues. And I say it all the time in my posts. And that's why I follow people that I want to be like, 
You know, there's like a gentleman like Sylvester Stallone. He's very admirable. You know, look at his, you know, I have epilepsy too. You know, it's another hurdle that I've had to overcome. Junior myoclonic epilepsy came out in my early 20s. I had a grand mal seizure, went off a bridge, near fatal car accident. I had reconstructive surgery on my uh, cheekbone from the inside of my mouth. And I went through 10 years of seizures and it wasn't therapeutic with medication. And it just happened like right before I got into the, the brokerage business, I finally found a neurologist who put me on this cutting edge wasn't even approved by the FDA uh, medication to stop my seizures. So I've been seizure free for um, going on 19 years. You know, that was another hurdle, you know, and most, a lot of people can just shut down and like, Hey, I got epilepsy. I can't do this. I can't lift weights. What if I twitch and I drop the thing on my head? What if I'm, and you know, I had to get cut out of the car and, and there's no re there's no reason I should still be here other than there's gotta be some higher purpose for me. And then all of this, this, all of these lessons that I've, that I've been through, I'm at the age now where the entertainment and stuff, I'm having fun, but to be honest, it's a platform. It's a platform for me to be of service because I know that I, I've never seen a U-Haul fall on a hearse. I used to use that line all the time on the phone with old guys trying to get them to a vest. I said, least, come on, let's at least have some fun. I've never seen a U-Haul fall on a hearse, right? So enjoy life. And, and for me, I get the most satisfaction out of like helping people and personal development. And if I can make someone's life a little, you know, a little easier, because I know what it, what it feels like just to like want to check out and just like want to give up and say it's too much. I can't, you know, I can't take anymore. And I'm, I'm older now. I mean, why, why would I even try? You know, I, it's just hang it up. Just kind of, you know, live a, a simple life. Why am I reaching anymore? And it's just because it's, it's mindset. And it's, I've seen guys at 80 years old do innovative things, uh, especially here where I'm, I'm living in Los Angeles. It seems to be a, an epicenter of, you know, just really creative people, people that are like-minded. And that's what I needed. You know, when I was in South Florida, it was, they say geographics don't solve things. It's not true. You know, you got to find your tribe. You got to find your people. And when I found my people, I realized all these lessons I had learned in my other life could help a lot of people. And that's really my, my theme right now is, you know, being of service. Money's a byproduct, you know, of all of this. I live pretty simply nowadays, you know, as long as I can take care of my children. I, I, you know, I've had all the shiny stuff and it's, you know, it's empty. You know, for me, I'm fulfilled by what I can give back, what I can teach. If I can help somebody avoid some heartache and some pain or some pitfalls, or if I can, you know, cut out a few years and give you a shortcut to get where you want to go in life. You know, that brings joy into my life. Let, let's talk about that a little bit, James. So, because you did something really interesting, because it's possible to kind of get to middle age and realize that what you thought was the path you wanted perhaps wasn't the one that you really should be on. And you made a leap when it would have been easy to double down on what you were already successful at, you know, the, the path that you knew you could do versus venturing off onto this new path. So when, when you're working with folks, you know, whether it's the, the, the actors that you're supporting and helping get into it, or even just the people who are you're, you're connecting with on social media, or where, where do you start with them? I know everyone's different. Every situation's different, James, but for someone listening to this going, that sounds amazing. I don't know if I can make that leap. I'm really comfortable in my life, but there's this other thing out there for me. Where can they even begin? I'd probably start out saying if I could wave a magic wand and give you the life that you want realistically within, you know, your grasp of what your God-given skill sets are. You know, some people can't be an astronaut. It's just not, it's, 
they're not wired that way. People are wired differently. So based on what you know about yourself, you know, if I could wave a magic wand, what would your life, what would your life look like? And let them talk a little bit. Well, you know, I, I always, everyone's, well, I'd be doing this. Like my sister, she always wanted to be a fashion designer. To this day, it's an unrealized dream. So I'm talking to her constantly. She's got major health problems. I have five sisters, so it's, there's a lot of, you know, and I have one that's dying of stage four cancer right now. I lost my father. So I've had a lot of, lot of, lot of tragedy, a lot of trauma over the past few years. And what's helped me deal with all that trauma is staying busy and helping other people. You know, that's like really, you know, like you know, these, these, these competitions and, and, and focusing on positive stuff rather than like focusing on all that's wrong. Because I can go down a rabbit hole and get stuck there. And it's a dark, lonely place. Or I can choose to like, hey, the best thing I can do is be positive and lift, lift them up because they're already going through it. So if you're going to help someone, all right, well, this, what exactly did you want to do? And what do you think stopped you from getting there? Okay, what is, what is, what's the blockage? What's blocking you? Do you not believe in yourself? Did someone tell you you're not good enough? Did the wife say, that's funny? <laughs> Don't ever be able to do that. I heard that. You know, there's you know there, there's things like what, what what is it? What's this this mental blockage you have? And then identify that because a lot of times it's someone else's belief system that's been instilled in you. It's not your belief system. You've bought into someone else's belief systems, and that's what I've really realized about life. It's about belief systems and perspectives. We all have a perspective. We we could all be in the same situation, the same party, the same meeting. And we all walk away with a different perspective of what just happened. And we go tell the story and everyone tells a little bit different of a variation of the story. So everyone's entitled to the perspective. It just might not be right. So sometimes we need that third party outside the fishbowl to say, hey, man, you know, you're, you're singing a violin, violin song. <laughs> and you, you know, you, you're talking a lot of victimese, I call it. You know, you speak fluent victimese. You know, so either you can still keep keep being a victim or you can make a choice to draw a line in the sand and say enough's enough. I'm sick and tired of not doing what I want to do. And I'm willing to get laughed at. I'm willing to get up. I'm willing to risk it all. And then if I fail, I can live with myself. And that was it for me. I was like, I want to risk it all because I know internally something's pulling me towards what I'm supposed to do. And if I don't at least try with everything that I have for the rest of my life, I'm going to die with unrealized dreams and goals. And that's going to break my heart. And I wasn't willing to do that. So, you know, I wrestled too, you know, so I was taught when you're on your back, scramble, you got to get to your feet, you got to get off your back. And, you know, people wait for that perfect moment. There's no perfect moment today. Start now, you know, start now. That's it. You know, Les Brown, I follow him a lot. Just, you know, he's, I look at his you know, where he started with nothing, learning disabilities, and you know becoming one of the most famous you know motivational speakers in the world. And, and Les says it's the start that stops the most with anything. It's the start that stops the most. So just start whatever it is. It's 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 you know it's 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 compounded effort daily. And if you know that, like if you're you know, and, and I got the analogy uh, from another mentor. You think of it as a big dam, okay? And you're chipping with a little hammer on that dam. But if you keep chipping, you're going to get a crack in that dam. And then eventually it's going to spider web. And then the water is going to come flowing through. So if you come in with that mentality that you've got a, a mining hat on and a picking hat, 
And I'm going to have to chip and chip and putt every day. I'm going to have to keep chipping on that wall. But eventually that wall is coming down. And I'm willing to stay like a weeble bobble side to side and believe in myself until it does. And there's going to be a lot of voices along the way that, well, why don't you get a real job? <laughs> you really want to work on commission? Oh, you want to be an actor? Oh, that must be really tough. These are all the comments that people make because they haven't had the courage to go out and pursue their dreams. Or it's, it's an opinion. And my dad said opinions are like buttholes. We all got one and they all stink. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, you, you got to really look at who's giving you the advice. Okay. If someone's giving me advice and they're very successful, that means they're happy, then I'm going to listen to them. If someone has a billion dollars, but they're miserable, I'm not going to listen to them <laughs> because they don't have what I want. I listen to people that have what I want. You know, a great example would be Robert Downey Jr., you know, a guy that went through the ringer, you know, picked himself up, dusted himself off, literally lost everything, was uninsurable by all of the, all of the studios. And I was friends with his agent and I was trying to break in. He said, James, let me tell you a story about the shaggy dog. I said, the shaggy dog, you know, what's this story? He said, well, you, you, you've heard of Robert Downey Jr., right? And I said, yeah, I know. yeah, Iron Man. Sure, sure, sure. He said, well, you know, he had lost everything. He owed American Express hundreds of thousands of dollars. They repossessed all his furniture. He couldn't get a job. He was uninsurable by the studios because of his drug problem and some of his, you know, absurd behavior and getting put in jail. And so nobody would hire him. But one studio came to him with a part uh, with Tim Allen in a, in a role, The Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen. And he's like, I can't do this movie. I'm a real actor. I'm not going to be in a movie with, with Tim Allen. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. But he took it. it was, he's like, well, you take it or you're on the street and your career's over. You're done. You're cooked. So he took it. It was humiliating to him, but he ate humble pie. He did what he needed to do. People laughed at him. He just kept his feet moving because that's the secret of life, movement. You got to keep moving no matter what. If you lay down and die, you're done. Movement's life in the military, in your profession, no matter what it is, you got to keep your feet moving. So he kept his feet moving and he did it. They did a bunch of press. You know, it's tough. And he said, but guess what? Years later, that same studio came back and offered him Iron Man. So he said, sometimes, James, you got to be the shaggy dog to get to your Iron Man. And that just kind of rang true with me. You know, you're not going to have glory all the time. You know, so in times of, you know, when no one's clapping for you, you got to clap for yourself and know that that's the only person that you've got to account to. If you're accountable to at the end of the day, because you're the only person that matters. And if you're looking for, you know, to be approval, the approval of everyone else for you to find happiness, you're never going to find it because you're never going to be approved by everyone ever. So you just got to say, I have my people, my people get me. Not everyone's going to get me. The people who support me, let's go. Let's do this together. Strength in numbers. Okay. Let's support each other. You know, I believe love is the answer. If you love people, I believe if you're authentic, you know, everyone walks around with a mask on, so concerned about being judged. But when you've been where I've been in life and knocked as hard as I've been knocked, and, you know, the things that I've had to overcome, I just don't care anymore. I don't care what people think. And in that freedom, that freedom, you can accomplish anything because you don't go out and, like, feel like I'm being judged by the world or everyone's going to laugh at me if I fail or, you know, and this is it. And, you know, I, I have started up so many little businesses in between that, hey, I thought everything I would touch would turn to gold because I had so much success before. But I've had a lot of failure in between, you know, between that success and where I'm at now, but I always say fail forward. You know, you're going to fail. Keep failing. Failing is good. You know, failing isn't failing. It's learning. It's practice. 
The more you fail, it's the more you're practicing. Just like when I took that exam. So by the time I finally took that commodity exam, guess what I got on the test? I took it until I got 100%. So then they thought I cheated. I had to go through a whole thing. They had to, they had to change the test. I was like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many hours I've spent on this thing? I have it memorized. I've taken this test more than any man in history. So it just goes to show you, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't successful the first time, the second time. I failed the third time, the sixth time, the 11th time. But the 12th time, I got 100%, you know? And it's no different than anything you do in life. So you got to be willing to fail a lot. And if you're not failing, if you haven't failed lately, it means you're not trying. It means you haven't done anything, you know? And everybody always likes to talk about what they used to do. You know, hey, all these successes I used to have. My biggest question to people is right now, what do you got going on now? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's great. So what do you got? What are you doing now? You know, it's a, you know if you're, no, one's, no, no ship is more lost than without a, a port of destination. You know, we always need, we always need something to strive for, something to reach for. If not, we, as human beings, we go internal, we go inside, and then we start with the internal conflict. So I find that, you know, for me, it's not so much about collecting cash and prizes and material things. It's more about building people, collecting accomplishments that took my breath away. So on my final day, I can say, wow, I did all those amazing things, you know, and um, accomplishments and, and then, you know, the feeling that I leave people with, you know, you know, what I did, you know, how I helped them. And that's, you know, when, you, when you, you talk about great people like Martin Luther King, like, you know, John Kennedy, like, you know, all these great people that just, you know, really had an impact on people. It's what they gave back. It's not what they took. And, you know, that just really clicked. And that's something that's really clicked for me in like the past 24 months. I, I was kind of always that way. And that's why a lot of people that I grew up with liked me because uh, I, I just, you know, I, I took everyone as face value. I wasn't like, well, you're from this crowd. I, I, I can't be friends with you. Oh, you're from this ethnicity. I, I can't be friends. You know, I, I just, I, I've always loved people. I mean, all people until a point where I didn't love people because I felt so jaded and so kind of, you know, beat around by, by life. But if you come from a loving place of sincerity, usually you can take down people's walls and then you feel, you know, you don't look at all the differences. You start to see all the similarities. And you realize that we're not so different. We're all the same. And if you can help people with what you've learned in life, then that's beautiful. And to me, I get more satisfaction out of that than any role I'll ever play. You know, and, and all of this is just give me a platform to reach a lot of people. And, you know, that's why I'm here. And the, the acting stuff is fun. It's creative. I love creating. And that's why I liked my business before, because I like the marketing aspect. You know, it's cool. And I, I used to have the same. I'm happy when I'm creating. I'm miserable when I'm maintaining. <laughs> you know, I find happiness in the creating, happiness when I'm training for an event. But if I'm maintaining something, ah, I need next. Next, my favorite word. Next and more. <laughs> Well, you, you know, uh, before we wrap up here today, James, you, you know, even before we started recording, we we're just chatting a little bit and you were talking, this whole episode's really been about mindset, but you were also talking about kind of the frequency to the mindset. And I'd love to have you explain that a little bit more. Like what, what did you mean by the frequency and how do you get into the frequency that, you know, sustains the direction you're going? You know, it's, it's, it's the messages that you're playing in your mind and it's the information that you're putting into your mind. You know, the first thing I do, I, I get up at three o'clock every day. I, I meditate, I get quiet. So the answers that I'm looking for can come to me. I, I read motivational stuff. I, I read Eckhart Tolle. I read, 
exhale, growth books. I'll spend that time. I will go on YouTube. I will listen to Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, coaches, you know, anything that I can fill my mind to get to that frequency because that's what it all is. That's the secret. You know, if you believe you can, you can. It really is. If you believe you can't, you can't. You know, it's it's really that simple. We make it so much more difficult than it is. And I got the book, what really turned me on to that. I was struggling and I wasn't successful and I wasn't selling in in the commodity business. And somebody gave me the book, The Secret in 2008. And I came across The Secret. So I I created a vision board on my desk and I put the truck that I wanted, you know, because I was a country boy from the Eastern Shore of Maryland. So I wanted a pickup truck back then. I wanted the Ford F-150. So I put that Ford that I wanted up on the, you know, up on my vision board, the house, the watch, the car, you know, all that kind of stuff that when you're young, you know, 20 something or like 30 something, you know, you, you, that's, that's what you want. That's what you're chasing. You think that's success. And, uh, and then I looked around one day and I had a $30,000 watch on this arm and a $30,000 watch on this arm because I was bi-coastal. So I thought it was cool, right? You know, I was cool and trying to impress people. I had the car, way better cars that I had. I had, this, I had everything that I wanted on that vision board. And I realized that everything that I had worked for came true. And I showed up in a Marshall's, bad Marshall shirt and tie combo with a floppy dress shoe with the, the front of it. You see, it was so worn out because I wore those. And I ate hot dogs every day for lunch. And I had a ride uh, to work with a guy that really loved country music. That wasn't my favorite at the time with no air conditioning in South Florida. <laughs> An hour and a half to work every day, you know, from Jupiter, Florida to almost North Miami. So it was, you know, you paid the price. And that's what I would say, like the input equals the output. So if you're not sacrificing anything, success is also about sacrifice. Do I want to go out on Sunday night and hang out with the guys and shoot pool and have some beers? Or do I want to prepare for Monday morning and prepare for battle? And it's just like Kobe Bryant, you know, when they talk about the difference between Kobe and Shaq, you know, and Shaq had all this natural ability, you know, but he was more into like not training and getting heavy in the off season. And Kobe never took his eye off the ball. He was always training. He was always preparing for greatness. He had that mindset. Okay. I'm going to do the work. This is what it's going to take for me to get better. And, you know, like, so, you know, when you, all right, everyone else set your standards, set your own standards. Everybody else gets to work at at nine o'clock. I'm going to get there at eight. I'm going to get that extra hour to prepare for the day. So when the bell rings, I'm way ahead of everybody else. So out work, out hustle. That's what I learned from sports. You know, if you want to be better than everybody else, you're going to have to put in more time. It's no different than any goal. Like, you know, men's classic physique. I know that I'm training harder than anybody else's training. I train twice a day. I know how hard I train. So when I get up there on the stage, I know in my mind that frequency, I'm going to win because I've done the work. That's the frequency. It's the belief. You hit that frequency because you've removed all of the BS, all of the negativity, all of the bad habits, all of the excuses. And you have one maniacal flaw. I refuse to lose. And when you get that mindset, it's magic, man. You can accomplish anything. I refuse to lose. It might take me 10 years. Okay. It might, it might happen a lot later in life than I anticipated that it'll happen. But if I keep my eye on the prize, it's going to happen. Yeah, that's a pretty refreshing thought in today's just kind of instant social media culture. You know, everything's presented as being overnight, instant influencer. Sure. You know, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to work for a living. I'm just going to, you know, be on Instagram and, and make a living. And I expect it to happen right away. And I looked at all those 
overnight successes, you know, from you know the music industry. Every 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 entertainer that I knew, a lot of them didn't get involved. Morgan Freeman is an example. 48 years old, 45, 48, when he actually, you know, started acting, really acting. You know, he'd been in a crack drug house. He had really not, not a productive life. And then he pulled his life together and look at who Morgan Freeman is now. And it happened about the age that I am now. So I, I looked at examples like that and I looked for the popcorn trail. Okay. All right. He did it. All I need is to see that somebody else did it. Okay. You know, if this guy can do it, then I can do it. And if somebody else did it. And then even if they haven't, well, maybe I'm a little different. Maybe I have the stuff. Maybe I'm the innovator. Maybe I'm the guy that changes the game, you know, but you're not going to be that if you don't believe that you got to like, it's got to start with you. So if you're running around looking for validation from everyone else about who you are or what you should be, look at the guy in the mirror to check out from the neck up, you know, what do you want and what do you want to do for it? Because if you want to be successful as bad as you want to breathe, You'll do anything. <laughs> You'll do whatever it takes. And if not, you're just a talker that likes to talk and tell people what you want to do. You know, you want to talk. It's just conversation. You know, you know, dreams without goals and a timeline and action plan are just dreams. That's all they'll ever be. A nice dream, you know. But if you want to accomplish your dream, get a blueprint. How am I going to get there? What's the timeline? What happens if it takes longer? Am I going to get sad? You know, what's my mindset going to be? Is it going to be I refuse to lose? Or if I hit the first hiccup in the road, am I going to break down and fold up like a cheap beach chair? Or am I just going to like, you know, hey, it is what it is. This is what I committed to. I don't care how bad it gets. The only way I'm leaving is in a body bag <laughs> you know, or a straight jacket because I've lost my mind, but I'm not giving up. There's no way. And I'm going to come with complete confidence and the opportunity is going to come because it's just the law of averages. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again without getting the result that you're looking for. It's eventually going to happen. It's not going to happen when you want it to. That's not how life works. It's going to happen when you least expect it. But if you're, if you're working, and that's why I say, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, you know, because we make our own luck. I, don't, I really don't believe in luck. You know, I believe in placement and timing. Placement and timing are huge. You've got to put yourself in the right place at the right time with the right skill sets. You know, I like there's a time where the business I was in before, if I had tried to do that the last few years, I, I wouldn't have been successful because that wasn't the marketplace. So even though I had all these skill sets, it wasn't the time for that. So right now, look, you want to be an actor? You don't even have to go to auditions anymore. You can do it from anywhere in the world. It's called self-taping. You don't have to be in Los Angeles. You can have a huge acting career from anywhere in the world right now. So it's like COVID has just ruined things. It made so many things, but it's also created a lot of good. You know, there's like, you got to look for the good. You got to look for the silver lining. You know, if we want always want to look and just, you know, because that's what we've been programmed to do with the news and just, you know, all the overstimulation and the dopamine from Instagram and everything. It's like, you know, we're, we're spun, you know, that's why I say get quiet sometimes, you know, turn it off. You know, I, I find myself on social media too much, but it's also, because I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere and I know the tool that it, it's, you know, it's a free marketing tool at the end of the day, you know, yeah. and it's also a free platform to me, be able to reach someone in the UK or in Australia or someone, somebody that I would never meet and be able to encounter. So the world truly has gone global. So you now have more opportunity than you've ever had in your life. So if you want to shut down and say, COVID's ruined everything, and I just don't know what I'm going to do now, and I'm, now I'm older, and I've had some failures, and the last thing didn't work out, then you're going to get stuck in that chicken soup that's just not going to taste very good. 
And at the end of the day, that's all it really is. It's just chicken soup. It's simple ingredients. It's not overly complicated. But as human beings, we like to overly complicate things with all these what ifs and uh, cleaning up the wreckage of the future or like hanging out in the past about why I wasn't successful with the last deal. Every opportunity stands on its own two feet. That's it. So this is it. I don't care what happened yesterday. What are you doing right now? And what are you willing to do to get there? You know, right there, James, I think that's a nice mic drop moment. We'll leave it right at that. And this has been a phenomenal conversation. I've really, really enjoyed this, James. So where can people find more about you? Where can they learn more from you? Where can they get more of these insights that you're getting? Yeah, I think I'm going to be doing a, a podcast as well, but I'm, I'm going to start that. But I, I, you know, right now I'm doing a lot on James Burbage, triple seven at Instagram. And then I'm doing a lot of stuff that has to do with health. Just, you know, focus. It's um, Epic, E-P-I-Q, health at Instagram, Epic Health. And that's where I'm just like sharing the free content. You know, a lot of people have to pay trainers. They don't have money. I have a lot of knowledge about nutrition, about training. Obviously, I, I, I know a little bit because I just won second in the California State Championships for men classic, classic physique, the entire state of California. It's a pretty big state. Uh, and then I just got third in nationals for the whole country for, for the USA for men's classic physique. And I'm going to keep running until I get first. <laughs> I, got my, I got my eye on first place. So, you know, I'll be sharing a lot of free content in regards to working out. I'm working with a couple of high school football players right now, young men that are coming up. And I want to be the guy that I needed, you know, the guidance. So I'm, I'm, I'm sharing, you know, you know, different drills that they could do for the position, talking about nutrition, posting different workouts. So it'll be a lot of free content. That's And then also a big thing that's really, really, really close to my heart is mental health awareness. Like I said, I've, I've struggled with depression at my time, at different times in my life. And I know how dark it could be. And you don't want to tell anybody that you're suffering because you're embarrassed and you, you think you're just so different. And it's just, you're not. We all struggle. You know, some worse than others. We're all going to struggle at some time, but there's, there's resources that there really is. And if you don't have your mental wellness, you have nothing. Because you can build and be as successful as you want to be, but you're just going to tear it all down because you're going to think you don't deserve it. You know, you got to love yourself. You got to be happy. You know, so I think more than physical fitness, more than anything, it starts with mental health, mental, mental health awareness and making sure that you're doing everything that's necessary. And, you know, there are so many support systems nowadays. You know, there are so many apps. There are so many resources, you know, when we're the same age, you know, relevantly the same age. So, you know, you know, growing up, we didn't have those resources. Men were supposed to eat their feelings. That's what men do. You know, we eat your feelings, get on with it, you know, make it happen. You know, that's what you're, that's what men do. They just suffer and pay the bills and take care of the family and stuff like that. And it's, you know, I, I think a lot of, you know, COVID has really kind of opened people's eyes to how many of us actually suffer and struggle. And, you know, I don't know anyone that's ever done anything with a perfect life going on at the time. You know, you know, I've never watched it. And some of the people, most successful people, they've always had the house burning down as they're building something really impressive. So once again, Life's never just going to be this perfect, calm, placid lake that you're going to sail across. It's always going to be stormy. You just got to learn how to be a skilled sailor at the end of the day. You know, that's, you know you're never, it's never going to be the perfect time. You know, it's, you know, the assumption that your know, life is just, you're going to grow. You, you got to have intent, you know, you got intent and you're going to grow. If not, we get stunned. And then people, they, you know, Hey, I went to school. I went to college. And that's it. And I have my life, but you know, I'm, I'm not continuing to grow anymore. It's called the assumption gap. You know, I read that in a book recently. Where is that book? I would like to share that with you before we go. Cause I really, yeah. this is John C. Maxwell. 
15 invaluable laws of growth. And it basically breaks down the assumption gap that you're going to continue to grow, you know, the hesitation gap, just so many things, the, per the perfection gap. I'm going to wait for things to be just perfect before I get started. The inspiration gap, I don't feel like doing it right now. You know, the mistake gap, I made a mistake in the past. I'm afraid of making another one. There's all these gaps, you know, like I said, my dad said, if you want to do something, any old excuse will do. These are the majority of the ones that we usually come up with. So pick up this book. It's been, you know, it's been enlightening for me. It's been very helpful. And it's, it's, it's really revalidated a lot of stuff that other people have taught me. So it's just reaffirming, you know, what works. And if you seek out what works, you'll find it. If you just kind of hang out in the pity party, that's where you're going to stay. <laughs> well, fantastic. I appreciate the book recommendation, James. Always looking for, for new books to, to pick up that'll, you know, kind of help out, especially with that mindset. So James, awesome having you on today. Really Thank appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. I really did. Hopefully I helped somebody. Thank you so much for listening today. And as we're thinking about reinventing our lives, I don't know if you caught the previous episode or not with Laura Freeman Williams, but I highly recommend listening to it. She went from being happily married for over 20 years to blindsided by her husband's affair. Divorced, she began a midlife journey of breaking out of her cocoon, rediscovering and reinventing herself. And in that episode, we talk about the process for her and her new book called Available, a memoir of sex and dating after a marriage ends. So the episode is not really about relationships. I mean, we talk about relationships a lot, but it's really more about how those changing relationships were a catalyst for finding and becoming the person she didn't know she was. Also, again, we now have listeners in 45 different countries and continue to grow primarily from word of mouth. So please keep sharing the episodes you love with your friends. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes, please leave a quick review and you can do that at www.lovethepodcast.com slash midlifemastery. It's just lovethepodcast.com slash midlifemastery. And by leaving a review, it really lets me know what you enjoy about the show so that I can keep improving it. And it helps others learn about the show so more people can get that information, that inspiration, those ideas for creating a phenomenal midlife. Thank you so much.